As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And so caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. Our live it is the huddle up podcast coming to you with the gut reaction immediately following the denver broncos unfortunate 23 to 3 loss to the kansas city chiefs i'm your host chad jensen with me as always my partner in crime zach kelberman we are your football priests and we're here to put things in perspective we're going to break this whole game down talk about what it really means i'm seeing too much well we'll get to it but zach how you doing today bro I'm good. I'm kind of disappointed in that game, and not necessarily for Drew Locke like we were just talking about, Chad. I think the Broncos failed Locke big time today in this game. He had no help, and um, I know it's all about perspective, and I warned Broncos fans to maybe you know expect a loss in this game, but the way they played, the way they were outcoached is disappointing considering how they played the last couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was. And, and as we were talking about right before we, we went live, you know, in my pick in the Mile High Roundtable, I picked the Broncos and I tried to speak it into existence. But at the same time, guys, we knew what the Broncos were dealing with here and what Drew Locke was up against, not only on the road in December against, I think, close to the best team in the AFC. Bad juju of an eight-game losing streak. The, the the deck was stacked against him. All those missing pieces on the defensive line. I mean, you had DeMarcus – I mean, one week removed from Derek Wolf being placed on IR. You had DeMarcus Walker, Adam Gotsis ruled out. And then <clears throat> game time decision, Draymond Jones goes out there, tries to warm up. They shut him down. So three guys who have been tasked to stop the gap in the in the place of Derek Wolf's absence, they're gone. You got guys that are just called up from the practice squad and signed off the street playing. I mean, and it really also was exposed to the lack of depth the Broncos have at cornerback. So there's there's a lot of things that that 
add up to why the Denver Broncos ended up getting trounced in this game. And I'm looking forward to getting into it today. How about the offensive side, the play calling? I just can't get over Scangarello today, Chad. We gave him so much credit in the Texans game, but he went right back to being bad rich in today's game. Bad Scangarello calling 40 pass plays for a rookie quarterback who's struggling in the snow, giving five carries, five, count them, five, to Royce Freeman, your big battering ram of running back in inclement weather um, with a game that was competitive for, I would say, into the third quarter. The game planning, uh, the coaching in this game was the biggest letdown. Not Drew Lock. He was a rookie quarterback. He looked like how I thought he would look, but he was failed in almost every aspect from his receivers to his protection to his coaching. That's where I put the blame for today's game, Chad. And that's really what I want to touch on is, is, and we'll get to it first real quick, real quick, you guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter. So many of you have moved on over there and followed the show. It's, as you can see here at the ticker at the bottom of the screen at Huddle Up Pod. That's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget, when you get some time, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a creative review. If you like what we're doing, give us a five-star rating. It's a great organic way to help the show, and it also enters you into our monthly giveaway drawing for some Mile High Huddle, Huddle Up Podcast swag. So take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, so what you talked about right before that quick matter of business, and by the way, you guys, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, so my voice has kind of got a frog in my throat type sound, But so bear with me on that. <clears throat> but the biggest thing is, look, two, two main takeaways from this game for me. One is Rich Scangarello and Drew Locke are a work in progress that are going to continue to grow together based on the experiences they are exposed to collectively <clears throat> together. And this was a unique game, not only because of the opponent, but because of the conditions and the limitations the team had, especially on the offensive line, Juwan James out again. So that's, that's takeaway. Number one, takeaway number two is I liked how drew lock hung tough and fought and, but tried to battle from the pocket yes. despite that offensive line, just being a sieve consistently. I mean, the Broncos gave up nine sacks to the chiefs in week seven with Joe Flacco at the helm. And today it was slightly better in terms of the sacks, but the hits and the pressures were just as consistent. And I liked that Locke battled through it. 
Three, his receivers, Locke's receivers, and it's no surprise, it, it was snowy, but they betrayed him way too often, too many drops. And not that not to say that Locke was perfect. He was far from it, and we'll get right. more into that. But, you know, in a situation like this, I mean, the Broncos went into halftime, Zach, with over 70 yards on penalties. It's just it's, it doesn't add up to a formula in which a rookie making his third career start can go out there on the road and get something done. Yeah, far be it for me to say Locke played well in today's game. He has a lot to work on. We were even saying that after the win last week. Let's not get too high on him just yet. Let's not put him in Canton just yet. But I don't know how you can look at him and not come away at least a little encouraged by the way he hung tough in there. You just talked about it, Chad, but that mental metal in the pocket, it's everything that Paxton Lynch, for example, lack. It's so important for a quarterback to have that selective amnesia and to forget about a mistake he makes, forget about the last series, and always go back to work. At least we see that Locke has that. He has that trait, which you can't learn, you can't teach, and you can't instill in someone. So at least we know in a bad performance, I think he will grow from this, and even on a bad from series to series, from mistake to mistake. He threw that pick. He went out there. He didn't get shaken. Uh, he didn't go into a shell. He didn't go conservative. He went out there and slung the ball. So I think at least it's a moral victory in a sense, but that's a good uh, sign of encouragement for the Broncos going forward with Locke. The Locke is trash. I've seen it from a few fans, from Broncos fans, I assume. If they're following our social media, my guess is that they're Broncos fans. Too many times already today I've heard Locke is trash. I've heard C told y'all fool's gold, et cetera, et cetera. Knee jerk. Yeah, I mean, you had the, the literally the deck was stacked against Drew Locke. Even the, just the conditions before the first, before the kickoff that was stacked against him. Two, though, all those factors as far as the O line, the receivers dropping passes. And by the way, I don't remember Chiefs wide receivers dropping passes. Right. Okay, so all these factors combined add up to a beleaguered young rookie quarterback that's just not there yet to be able to completely take this team on his shoulders. And no quarterback can do that in the face of that kind of pressure. To be honest with you, I mean, not to absolve him, but that court that pressure dude was consistent and constant. And by the way, Richard jumping in with a two dollar and twenty nine euro. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Euro, yeah. Uh, donation. Appreciate you, Richard. He says, Locke got lots of pressure. We need better OL and DBs. Hey, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I said at the top of the show. As far as being exposed today, Zach, it was the offensive line, especially the tackles, and it was the DBs. He was without his right side of his line, Chad. Leary and both Juwan James were out. How can any young rookie quarterback playing in the snow expect to succeed in that? But should this be the, the, the game that convinces Broncos fans they don't need a wide receiver in round one, they don't need a cornerback, they don't need anything else, they really, truly, desperately need to target offensive line help next offseason. In free agency or the draft or via trade, they have to build around Drew Locke and keep him upright. He was running for his life way too much today. He was on his back way too much today. And I'm just worried about him getting um, gun shy, him going into that shell permanently. I mean, he has that medal, but only a quarterback can be hit so much and not expect them to uh, start to get uh, happy feet in the pocket, see ghosts like Sam Darnold. We don't want the Broncos to stun his development because they can't find good protection. So it has to be, without a doubt, the number one priority in the offseason, offensive line. I can disagree. And that's something I've maintained, I think both of us have pretty much yeah. for the last month at least is that first round it really needs to be about finding the best available offensive tackle yeah. and there's some exceptions to that in terms of your board like if you're top five player if you're picking at 15 and you have a top five player on the board and it's not oh well maybe you grab him but i'm just saying the focus needs to be bolstering that offensive line because when Locke is given time 
to throw, like unsurprisingly, surprise, surprise, he usually makes that connection, makes that completion. And by the way, Chris jumping in with a twenty-one dollar donation, Chris. one of our superstars. He says, "Was it just me, or did it seem like Casey had wide open players oh. all game? Just why? Yes." And here's the thing: part of that is just simply how great um, Reed's scheme is, and how good the skill position players are on that side for the Chiefs. The other aspect is the Broncos are severely limited talent-wise, depth-wise at corner. And up front, they couldn't consistently get pressure. And then combine that with the fact that Fangio likes to run zone, and he's very loath to send pressure. So more often than not, you had Mahomes just sitting back there, boom, pitch and catch, wide open. And it's it's an issue that's plagued the Broncos dating back before Fangio, dating back, frankly, to – uh, week 17 of 2016, or excuse me, 2017, when he got his first start. So it's it's been an issue for the Broncos, just too many wide receivers running free. And, you know, in a perfect world, Zach, you wonder how much different it could be if you had everybody there that right. should have been there, like Callahan, Derek Wolf, and all the other missing players that are on injured reserve or banged up this week. But, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles when you're halfway through December. It's a great point you made about Andy Reid. A lot of Broncos fans don't give him credit, but he can scheme with the best of them, and he has a great offensive mind. But I think he totally outclassed and outcoached Vic Fangio in this game. There is no um, reason or excuse to have Isaac Yadam matched one-on-one with Travis Kelsey. There's no excuse to have Travis Kelsey run literally wide open in the middle of your defense playing pitch and catch, the number one target of your opposing uh, reigning MVP quarterback. It reminded me a lot of Vance Joseph and his uh, lack of coverage schemes against tight ends. We thought that problem went away with Fangio. For a little bit, it looked like it did this season, but there's just no excuse to have those players constantly. You look up, it's a completion. You look up, it's a completion. There's no question. It's, it's, it was way too easy. So for as good as Vic has been the last couple of weeks, and he really has been, he was badly outcoached today. And part of it, too, as far as the tight end, A, it's Travis Kelsey. You can argue the best tight end in the league right now, but also is B, the fact that you know Todd Davis and Alexander Johnson, as well as they've played at times this year, they have benefited greatly from the Fangio bump. And I'm not just talking about, you know, as as coverage or as, uh, you know, run-stuffing linebackers, but from Fangio's coverage schemes, which do tend to favor and help. They're, they're, they're linebacker friendly. But eventually when you go up against an offense like the Chiefs and you have such speed and just explosion and playmaking ability on a snap-by-snap basis, crossing routes left and right, eventually that's going to come out in the wash, that lack of, quick twitch speed sideline to sideline. Now I'm not saying I'm not trying to take anything away, especially from Alexander Johnson, because he's had a phenomenal first year as a starter, but this is one of those, you know, situations where that, that lack of, of speed at the linebacker position, I think also contributed to seeing a guy like Travis Kelsey have such a huge day. And by the way, Stu jumping in with a $20 donation on super chat. We love you, Stu. So it's, it's something to, and then here's Ariel, by the way, Sorry, I didn't don't uh, donate often, guys. But I love your Broncos work and been listening for a long time. Appreciate you, Ariel. Despite Thank the you. loss today, I'm still hyped about Locke. <clears throat> There's that frog again, Zach. Your response for Ariel? As Broncos fans should be. I mean, one bad game. It's, it wasn't even a bad game. He didn't go out there and throw five picks. I mean, I think he did pretty well considering the circumstances that we've mentioned already. But he has plenty of upside still. And just as we talked about, even in his bad game now, he was destined to fall back, uh, fall fat, flat on his face at some point. He was destined to crash back down to earth. But even when he did in a hostile environment, he still showed positive traits. He still showed franchise quarterback traits. So a lot to work on. He 
wasn't perfect. You know, he didn't help the Broncos necessarily uh, pull the upset today. But I wouldn't say he was the biggest, uh, you know, culprit in the loss either. I think a lot of what the Broncos can do in the future is tighter on Locke's development, and I think that will only get better with games like today. There was, and Ryan Edwards of uh, KOA was on top of this to transcribe it on Twitter. But for those of you that were watching the broadcast, you probably heard, if you were still watching late, it was around the two-minute mark, Dan Fouts, who called the game. He was the color guy for CBS today. Here's what he said about Locke, and I think it's a good perspective. Quote, I know it's a small sample size, but I think they've got the right guy. Just from what I've been able to observe, tough conditions today, a lot of fight. I like his arm. I like his attitude, confidence, poise, all the things that will serve him well. And, Zach, I think that that's honestly – you know, that's the takeaway is did 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 Locke seem did Locke wilt in the face of everything going against him? No. He battled against imperfect conditions weather-wise, imperfect conditions with his O-line, imperfect conditions with his wide receivers dropping passes. He battled through it, and that's one of the things I was happy to see. And by the way, Drew jumping in here Thank with you, a thirty dollar donation. Wow, thanks, Drew. On Super Chat, he says, can anyone explain why the hell Bowles is still on this team, let alone starting? It's utterly mind-numbing. I'd rather have a traffic cone at left tackle. I want Tristan Wirfs in the first. I don't disagree with the Tristan Wirfs thing. I think the right tackle was more of a more of an issue for the Denver Broncos today than it was left tackle, although Bowles did give up his fair share. But the answer to the question here, Zach, is simply this. The Broncos don't have anyone else. Right. When, when Garrett Bowles is your top option, you know you've got a big-time problem in, in depth and talent, especially at tackle. I mean, they have one backup tackle right now in Wilkinson, and he's a natural guard, Chad. They don't have any backup competent players they develop. We've talked about this for, you know, dating back to last year now. Elway didn't believe in restocking the cupboard there. They let Billy Turner walk. They never really replaced him. And when you have Juwan James sitting out due to his mental lapses or his knee or whatever, then you have Garrett Bowles being Garrett Bowles. What really are you going to do? Combine that with his first-round pedigree. Combine that with the fact the Broncos are still trying to squeeze juice with Mike Munchak and squeeze juice out of that out of that lemon that I think Bowles is, I mean, you really don't have another option here. We just have to suffer through it for, I think, a couple more games now. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
You know, there was a couple. I could I could think of three throws. You know, as far as he was off target a few times was Drew Locke, and he was under pressure on almost every throw in which he was off target. But I can think of three that were just ill-advised rookie throws. One of them was the end zone interception, trying to target no offense over the top. I mean, if you are going to throw that ball, man, you got to put some air under it. And he, he threw it way short. That was an easy interception for Juan Thornhill. But overall, I think he battled well. And TG jumps in with a $2 donation. Appreciate you. To shore up that right side of the O-line. And that's, you know, going back to what Drew said, Drew, I'm not trying to minimize what you're saying here because I understand Garoppolo has not been good. He has not been good, and he wasn't good today. But I think the primary culprit, to use Zach's verbiage here, was the right side. Even Austin Schlotman, who outkicked his coverage last week, starting in place of Ronald Leary at right guard, man, he he was just put on his heels most of the game today. And then Elijah Wilkinson, that lack of speed on his kick slide, being able to get out quickly and, and seal off that edge, it's really coming back to bite the Broncos. I mean, they just don't have anyone with, except for Dalton Reisner, who's performing at a consistently high level right now. They can replace pretty much the entire offensive line except for Reisner. So they need help for sure. And that's why we're saying, Chad, whether it's a guard, whether it's a right tackle or left tackle, they have to do something to upgrade those spots in the offseason. They have to protect Locke, not only physically on the field, but also his confidence. They cannot allow him to continue ending up on his back. It just can't happen. Broncos fan number 24 jumps in with a $5 donation. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. He says, how many drops did you guys count? And Locke did a did great going through his reads, I thought. I, I agree on that second aspect. Honestly, I didn't count. I didn't keep track, especially on the first viewing. I wasn't keeping track. But it was at least four drops that I could yeah. think of off the top of my head. I, I was going to say a handful. Yeah, I don't have an exact number, but I can for sure remember seeing four or five. And in terms of, you know, the receivers, I, the, it goes back to game planning and coaching. A lot of those routes, Chad, to me, were very uncreative and uninspiring. There are a lot of the receivers were bunched together and grouped together. Nothing really, uh, no trick plays, no aggressiveness, except for that Wildcat play they tried. It was just a bland, vanilla, poor game plan and poor uh, play calling outing by Scangarello. Richard jumping in with a $2.29 Euro donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Richard. Once again, he says, I'd rather pay Simmons big money than Chris Harris Jr. That's a great point. Once again, it's always at least that one play, that one big (laughs) dagger that Chris Harris Jr. gives up. And today, instead of it coming in the second half of the fourth quarter or when the chips are down, the chips were still down, but it came in the first quarter. And it was basically the beginning of the, the snowball, you know, that became an avalanche for the Denver Broncos, allowing Tyreek Hill to get behind him. And also Justin Simmons on that play was super slow to react. Maybe it was the conditions. Maybe simply just, you know, charge it to the game because he had to respect so many other possible routes coming at him with all that speed. And it's just, you just tip your cap to him. But either way, both those guys were smoked and especially Chris Harris Jr. And it just feels like to me, Zach, this is a guy that is telegraphing it similar to Sanders. He is done. He's done in Denver, dude. He just he needs a change. He needs a fresh start. And he's just I think he he's letting the the front office know. And I think they'll have peace of mind when it all is said and done, Zach, that the time has come to part ways with Chris Harris Jr. Let him go in free agency. 
Did you see him immediately turn to blame Justin Simmons, though? It's amazing. After every big play he gives up, Chad, he's always quick to blame someone. He can never take accountability for getting roasted by Tyreek Hill. I know it's not easy. It's a tough matchup in the snow, but he was beat again, and he doesn't deserve anything near top cornerback money. Every penny that they would consider paying him should go to Justin Simmons. That guy is the future of their defense, and I think the best of Chris Harris Jr. is behind him. And the funny thing is, too, he will get that big money. I mean, there is some team out there who's going to look at his body of work and they're going to say, in our system, it can be different. They're going to recognize he needs a change, he needs a fresh start. Someone's going to pay him, which is why, to me, it's it's just more and more evident that he needs an, he needs to go somewhere else and the Broncos are probably going to be happy to let him go. Brian jumps in with a $2 donation. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Very disappointing. Yeah. Appreciate you, Brian. And that's true. I mean, it was disappointing, but guys, you got to keep your outlook in perspective. Okay. This is a Chiefs team that is, you know, you don't need to sit, call them the best in the conference, but let's just say they're a top four team in the conference. They're a top six team in the entire NFL. And if this was in Denver and the conditions were perfect, maybe if you feel a sharper pang of, of disappointment here, but with how badly everything unfolded, I mean, it was like, almost every domino that could have fallen negatively it, to affect a young quarterback making his second career road start, almost every one that you hope doesn't fall, fell. I'm not making excuses because the Broncos definitely played poor today, but you're talking about a Super Bowl contender, I think, in the Chiefs, like you just intimated, Chad, with the reigning NFL MVP playing at home in a raucous environment in the snow. It's not like the Broncos got blown out 60 nothing here. They've had worse losses in the Vance Joseph era. I think it's not – it's definitely disappointing. It's not something to be happy about. But this is all a growing experience for Drew Locke. You can't have the good without the growing pains. you got to take the good with the bad here. They will learn from this. They will get better from this. I hope the coaching staff can protect Locke better. But I think as a quarterback, this will make him better. He will get better from this game. That's how he learns. And that's why I like the article that Nick Kendall published at milehighhuddle.com. I think it was Friday. That you know, both hope and skepticism are warranted with regard to Locke. And and my translation of that particular headline is that, you know, right now you just have to keep a balanced perspective and look for, you know, the end results as far as the wins and losses might not be perfect, right? No quarterback goes undefeated. Right. But are you seeing the traits? Are you seeing the intangibles from this guy? Yes, I'm seeing it loud and clear. And I think what Dan Fout said at the end of that broadcast is a really good example of exactly the type of mindset fans should have right now with Drew Locke. The traits are there. The tools are there. The potential is there. The Broncos have it. It's just a matter of now you need to really shore up that offensive line. You basically need to build the nest because one thing that, for example, you look at Patrick Mahomes and people go, man, he was able to come into the league, hit the ground running, Zach. But he took over a team that was a back-to-back division champion, a perennial playoff contender, a stacked roster on both sides of the ball. And so it enabled him to really just go from zero to 60 out of the gates. Drew Locke is re- literally ha- going to have to do things the old-fashioned way and the hard way, which is be be a part of a complete rebuild on both sides of the ball. There are a few pieces there, Sutton and Fant, Reisner, maybe McGovern offensively. Defensively, it's almost, I mean, they're going to have to rebuild a lot, especially in the secondary. And Locke's going to be a part of that, but you have to factor that into your analysis and your your outlook as it relates to Locke. And by the way, JT jumping in with a five-pound donation across the pond in the UK. Thank you, JT. He says, this is a great game from a learning uh, perspective or point of view. Three now has Locke, Drew Locke now has lots of homework 
which will serve him and us well. It highlights the team's needs also. Very well stated there, Zach. It is. And you know what? I'm actually excited by this in a sense. We saw how Locke rebounded from a big victory. Now we get to see how he rebounds from his first test of adversity in the in the NFL, his first loss as an NFL starting quarterback. I want to see how he comes out next week. It will tell us a lot about his growth, his mental mindset, and I think his, his short-term development with the Broncos. I think he will learn from this. Like I've been saying, this is a guy who grows by doing, and that includes failing. That includes throwing picks. That includes losing. That's how he gets better. So it is a homework game. It is a game you can take a lot out of. Don't not be discouraged. Don't not be disappointed. I'm not going to tell you guys how to feel, but you have a lot of things to build on from this game and not necessarily that you had in the past. So you still have a young quarterback. Continue growing with them through the bad and the good. And also this team, today was a bad example, but this team has shown under Fangio some 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 metal Okay, at at different times in this season. You you hated to see early on in the first half of the season – so many of those key moments late in the game, Broncos protecting a lead and the defense, you know, face palming, whether it was a penalty or a, a lapse like Chris Harris Jr. allowing someone behind him or whatever. But overall, I think this team as a as a complete unit, you know, they're they're relearning how to win. They're relearning what a winning model is. Fangio still has room to grow. Scangarello still has room to grow, as does this team. But I think what I've seen from this year so far, especially now that Locke is a part of the equation, is there's more to be encouraged by in terms of the implications for the future than there is to be discouraged by. And John jumping in with a $2 donation. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. He says, why is Jawan James so damn soft? I think even Vic Fangio is asking that question, Zach. I, but the Broncos should have known that. They had Chris Cooper over there in Miami with Juwan James, and he's their assistant offensive line coach. They had the best recommendation they could have possibly had. And we had the report come out that the Dolphins, a tanking team, were laughing at Denver for handing Juwan James a $51 million contract, a whoopee cushion, so to speak. He, The Broncos knew his reputation. They knew he was an injury milker. They knew he was injury prone. And they still went and gave him that, that much money. So uh, they made their bed, and I think now they're lying in it. I can't. Uh, answer why he's soft, but the way the Broncos are coddling him, I don't agree with it. Like I, I honestly, I mean, we knew what his his reputation was going into this season, but even I have to admit, I've been stunned by his lack of toughness, lack of fortitude. We don't know exactly what's going on. We don't know all the details, but just reading between the lines of what Vic Fangio says at the podium, these the, almost this entire season. The team is as frustrated and mystified by it as the fans are. And that doesn't excuse the, you know, Denver should have known better aspect of it. But at the same time, maybe it would have been a better move to try and convince Jared Valdir to stick around and, and, Mm. you know, pay him some money than to bring in Juwan James, who, you know, you just hired Chris Cooper to be your assistant O-line coach. You would think that after the two years he spent in Miami, you would have had everything you need to know as far as insider perspective on his strengths and shortcomings, which, by the way, uh, didn't seem to serve the team at all. Mark jumps in with a $5. Appreciate you, bro. He says, through the jumps, lumps, and bumps, Locke is still (laughs) RQB. Hashtag Chad 40 Club. Zach, my boy. Appreciate you, Mark. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, those those moments are going to come. I mean, if you think back as fans – those of you who were, were around for this in 2006, Jay Cutler's rookie season. Now he didn't ask for this necessarily, but the but Mike Shanahan made a fateful decision to bench Jake Plummer with the Broncos off the top of my head. I think they were seven and five. They were leading the AFC West, and basically once Jay Cutler went in there, 
similar to what you're seeing from Locke so far. You saw flashes, streaks. The consistency wasn't quite where you wanted to see it. The Broncos ended up missing the playoffs that year, and they they never returned to the playoffs under Shanahan. Two seasons later, he was fired. But after that year, the perspective in the fan base on Cutler is disappointed as so many were that Plummer was supplanted. The perspective was, cool, man, we've got a really – we've got an elite-armed quarterback, young guy could grow with Shanahan in the future. The future was bright. Didn't pan out perfectly. 2007 was a major step back for Cutler because he had that um, – type two diabetes situation that went undiagnosed until almost the season was over. He lost over 20 pounds. There were some, you know, events that conspired to kind of torpedo his second year. I think they went seven and nine, but Zach, the third year. Okay. in, in 2008, Jay Cutler made the pro bowl. Everyone was on fire about Jay Cutler and, you know, over, I think 25 touchdowns, something like that. And then McDaniels comes in, of course, trades him away. But, my point being, though, if you can think back to the mindset as fans that you had for Jay Cutler and even Tim Tebow toward the end of his rookie year in 2010 when he was allowed to start, you know, that's the perspective you got to have. Have you seen enough to be encouraged by by the quarterback? I have, Zach. I have, too. And, and listen, it's not the worst thing in the world the Broncos lost this game. It's not even a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I would rather the Broncos lose this game with Drew Locke than lose this game with Joe Flacco, lose this game with Brandon Allen, lose this game with Case Keenum, lose this game with Paxton Lynch. You can grow from this loss. The same cannot be said if you have a 34-year-old statue back there in Flacco. This will serve the Broncos well in the future because Drew Locke was all about the future. He was not about 2019. This is just an audition for him. This, will, this is just playing with house money as far as I'm concerned. It's free reps for Locke going into 2020s. He will get better from this. Do not be too discouraged. Do not be too disappointed. This will actually help Locke in the long run. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet episode to watch or meme to share the world may not want you to sleep but we do only the sleep experts at mattress firm can help you find the right bed at the right price unjunk your sleep in store or online at mattressfirm.com today and again he hung in there and he battled i mean the broncos were playing catch up the entire time, but especially in the second half, Scangarello basically, because of game flow, I, it's the only thing I can deduce, abandoned the run. Philip Lindsay only had seven carries. Royce Freeman had five carries. And Drew Locke ended up throwing the ball 40 times. Now, that doesn't count his dropbacks that he that ended in sacks, but, you know, it was he, – he continued to battle 
terrible conditions, an O-line that was a sieve, and going against a playoff caliber defense. Now, that's the one big difference in which why I actually think the Chiefs have a better shot this year than they did last year is Steve Spagnuolo's defense. I mean, it is markedly better than the Bob Sutton defense that this that they had. So, I mean, it's just all, all, all around, man, the events conspired against Drew Locke. He didn't play perfectly, but the guys around him really let him down, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, let me jump here to TG, $2 donation. Thanks Thank again, you. brother. He says, what do you guys think about Garrett Bowles playing right tackle next year, Zach? I mean, they just gave Juwan James $51 million, and They're pretty much tied to him financially next year. I, I would rather the Broncos not start Garrett Bowles if they can help it. If, if they are going to have to start him, at least have him at left tackle, but have his replacement on the roster. So, no, instead of shuffling the line around, I would rather the Broncos either get rid of Bowles or keep him as a pinch starter for now and have his backup on the roster. You have a right tackle who you're hopefully going to get more out of than Juwan James. I would not reshuffle those guys for 2020. Shuler jumps in with a $2 donation. You. Appreciate you. Let's jump to just a few more. And here's what he says, by the way. I'm going to say this one more time. Bye-bye, Chris Harris Jr. That is a demoralizing score. We need a big corner that's locked down. Who are the cornerback free agents? Thanks for your work. Uh, more money in the new year. Hey, don't worry about it, Shuler. We appreciate you, man. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he just – well, we can do some research on on the corners. In fact – we can pull it up on spot track if you really want to know here in just a few minutes and circle back. But we have about a t- 10 more minutes. We can get to some of your guys' questions here. Let's see what Dean says. I am seeing a lot of fans dogging the Broncos again. To me, we had a bad game. Okay, I understand. But it was a learning experience for Drew Locke. The snow didn't help, but to disrespect the Broncos uh, is so messed up. We, as fans, are to stand by our team no matter what. We will build around Drew Locke next year, and I'm confident we'll be ready for uh, to be playoff contenders. And not off with the coaches said. We have the right coaches. I know we do. Go Broncos, by the way, you guys, and then it's cut off there. But, I mean, that's – you know, I you, I liked what you said. We're, we can't tell you as fans what to feel. That's that's natural. That's going to come however you feel. But you have to keep in perspective this, this whole ball of wax. I mean, the Broncos, as a team, they're on their third quarterback this year. And Drew Locke showed great those first two games. And you saw that step back that everyone knew that the other foot was going to drop eventually. And going up against, a, a, will just say, an elite opponent like the Kansas City Chiefs in their house in less than ideal conditions with all the injuries the Broncos have suffered leading up to this point, it was about as good a time as any, Zach, for that step back to happen. I mean, did Broncos fans expect Drew Locke to never lose a game again? Did they expect the Broncos to keep winning? I mean, it was going to happen at some point. And like Chad just said, if it was going to be a a letdown game in a sense, at least let it be this one because you can chalk it up to the weather. You can chalk it up to a good opponent. And it's not excuses. It's just the reality. It's just the facts of it. But even still, uh, Broncos fans who are overly reacting to this game are acting like Drew Locke threw six interceptions. The Broncos lost by 70 points. It wasn't that horrible of a game. They've had worse games this season alone, let alone in the Vance Joseph era. So there's a lot you can take out of this, Mo- more good than bad. But still, I'd rather the Broncos go through this with Drew Locke, get him those reps now, and put that experience and put that proverbial money in the bank, that credit in the bank, and cash it in, in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, like you said earlier, Zach, how Locke bounces back from this. The good news is he gets to finish the season as the starter at home in back-to-back weeks. Again, you know, let's just say less than stellar competition. The Detroit Lions next week and then the Oakland Raiders in the season finale. The Raiders, of course, really smacked the Broncos around in the in the season opener. 
but there's a lot that's changed and happened up for both teams between then and now. So I think Drew Locke is going to get a chance to, I mean, if you, if you were to think in week 13, when Drew Locke finally got the nod to go from injured reserve all the way to the starting job, and you fast forward that five weeks to think that Drew Locke could finish his five game audition or have the chance to really finish his five game audition four and one as a starter heading into 2020. I mean, for fans, you got to be excited about that notion. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot the Broncos, I think, were expecting from this season. I don't think they were expecting a playoff berth with a rookie coach and all these new quarterbacks, but going into 2020, Fangio has shown that he can get this defense to an elite near level. Locke has shown he could be maybe that franchise quarterback. They have a young nucleus of talent. They took down a couple playoff caliber teams. There's a lot you can like from this season and that you can put toward the future. As we Chad and I keep saying, pretty much since day one since the Broncos drafted Locke, it is all about the next decade. It's all about 2020 and beyond. So I think I'm more encouraged by this year, Chad, depending on how it turns out, no matter what, than I was since Peyton Manning retired. Yeah, at least this time, it feels like the losses and the disappointment is going to count towards something. Right. It's going to it's going to go into the bank, and this team can use it. They right. can they can use it to improve. And Christy jumps in. She says, we'll get him next season. I think Locke did fine. He'll get better from this. Can't give up on Locke. Right. And uh, Brian jumping back in, $2 on Super Chat. Thank Appreciate you, Brian. you, Brian. He says, I'm not convinced we have the right coaches. Now, that's a can of worms, but, I mean, let me let me just go through the three. Thanks, Christy. You're awesome. You, $5 Christy. donation. Um, head coach, big fan of you. Are you convinced, for now, the Denver Broncos have their, they're on the right path? Yes. I, for the most part, he has been perfect, and he still has a proclivity to get out coached by more veteran coaches. But I, I think for a head coach, I think he's the guy for the next couple of years at least. Offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello. <clears throat> we saw the the uh, report after the big win in Houston that he's coming back for year two. Are the Broncos making the right decision there? Yeah, it's a no-brainer, Chad. I mean, you're tied to your young quarterback and your young offensive coordinator. They're tied at the hip here. And you showed in the Houston game what you're capable of, and you showed in today's game that it's going to take some time. So, yeah, I think Scangarello has less rope than Fangio, but definitely for sure he gets 2020. Okay. I think Ed Donatel has done fine as defensive coordinator. It's Vic Fangio's defense. He's the one calling plays on the sideline. I think that's basically a push as it relates to Ed Donatel. I yep. think the only thing you got to question as it relates to Donatel is, are you seeing development on that side of the ball? Look at what we've seen from Alexander Johnson emerging. Look what you saw from Devontae Bosby before he got hurt. Look at what you've seen from even Will Parks has played pretty well this season. Look at what you've seen from Mike Purcell. So there's, I, I think overall, too, with, with Ed Donatel, you're seeing the development. The coaches underneath and the position coaches are getting what they should be. They're trying to make – lemonade out of the lemons that the football gods have given the Broncos with regard to especially the injury bug. So, and then uh, Tom McMahon, what's your, what's your answer there? Utterly replaceable. And again, I, I still am of the opinion that they, the Broncos will replace him after the season. And to your point about Donatel too, the set, he's a secondary coach by trade and the secondary has improved this year. Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons took a leap to pro bowl status. So Donatel's safe for sure. But McMahon to me, the special teams, again, Wadman dropping the punt today, uh, he's just, he needs to go, I think, Chad. He's given yeah. two regimes now. Enough's enough. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> you know, Tom McMahon gave it his, uh, you know, his his best shot trying to get some development out of Wadman, and you've seen spurts and of encouragement. But with specialists, you can't have ups and downs. Specialists have to right. be consistent. Even if they're not 
consistently great. They need to be consistent and not factor into losses. They can't be one of the reasons you lost. And, you know, even that kick, that punt, you go, oh, he dropped it, but then he picks it up and he gets it off. Good, good for him. Well, guess what, though? Because he took longer getting the ball off, the Broncos got five, had to give up five yards on a flag for an illegal guy downfield who thought the ball would have been was gone. He was Man. cruising downfield. So little things like that, it adds up. And it was a big part of why the Broncos as well, another factor I should say, not a big part, went into halftime with over 70 yards in penalties. All right, Carla jumping in, guys. And we're going to have to uh, say goodbye for today. We'll be back tomorrow. But Carla says, I jumps in a $10 donation. Thank, Thank you, Carla. At this point, I'm not that concerned with wins and losses. I see it as a chance for Locke to gain some experience and the coaches to see who on this team can hang for next year. I couldn't have said it better myself. Right. I mean, we've been saying it, Chad, since uh, Flacco was benched. It's all about evaluation now. Every player on this roster, every coach on the coaching staff from top to bottom, it's all about evaluation to see who sticks and who goes next year. A lot of free agents, a lot of turnover, I think, coming this offseason. They have to know the Broncos, who their starters are for the long term, not just for 2020, but hopefully for three, five years down the road. And it all starts with the quarterback. So, yeah, this is all invaluable experience, invaluable reps right now. And that's what I've been saying, at least, wins and losses and stats don't matter. It's all about progression and development, and that comes with not only wins, but also in defeat as well. Brian jumping in, keeping us keeping us in the stream here with a $5 donation. You, Appreciate you, Brian. He says, I'd rather have the right quarterback and the wrong coach than the other way around. Good point. That's I think that's – I mean, if, if, you're, if you can only have one in that equation, I agree, Brian, it would, you want the quarterback. Right. I mean, an ideal situation, you have a, a, at least a competent coach and a, and a great quarterback. But yeah, the quarterback raises everyone and they can overcome bad coaching, believe it or not. I know it all comes down to coaching, but uh, a truly transcendent quarterback like a Brady or Rogers. I mean, if, if Rogers won a ring with McCarthy, you can overcome bad coaching. So I'd rather have the franchise guy for sure. All right, guys, closing arguments. Again, you got to keep this loss in perspective. I picked the Broncos to win is kind of in the spirit of trying to speak it into existence. But look, I've been covering this team in this game for many, many years. I knew which way the wind was blowing. You hope in your heart that Locke could go in and, and pull off some kind of a shock to the system like he did against a previous playoff caliber team in the Houston Texans. But it just wasn't meant to be. You know, his, his, his sand ran out in terms of that uh, beginner's luck, if you want to call it that. I wouldn't call it luck, but that beginner's you know, things are going the right way for him. Today, he very much was the was subjected to Murphy's Law. Where things could go wrong, they went wrong. And that's from the offensive line to his receivers dropping balls to the Chiefs just simply coming. You know, the Chiefs relish, especially after that four years of Peyton Manning just dominating them. The Chiefs really, even against a 5-8 and eight opponent like the Broncos, Zach, the Chiefs relish beating the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Even when they have twice as many wins and they're on the verge of, you know, hopefully trying to compete for a playoff bye, they still come out and play balls to the wall because it's a it's an AFC West rivalry. And they remember the days where they were the ones on the losing end of that equation consistently year after year, getting swept by Peyton Manning. And even times in the past, of course, with Elway, and this rivalry dates back decades and generations. But Locke was going up against all that. I think he learned a lot from today. And I think he'll be able to use it moving forward and, you know, wait and see if he comes out against the Detroit lions and lays an egg and just looks like rattled, then you gotta, then you gotta worry a little bit, but I don't think that's what you're going to see because drew Locke at all three phases of his profession or his football playing career, high school, college, and now in the pros, he was thrown to the wolves early and he took those lumps and he took those shots and the fiery darts of his opponents 
but he battled back, rose above, used it, found a way, and eventually came out on top. And I think that's what you're going to see happen. So just keep this in perspective and focus on Detroit at home and Oakland the next week. I mean, even if he comes out next week, though, this is just my opinion. If he comes out next week and throws three or four picks and has a bad game and the Broncos lose again, it still doesn't mean he's bad. It still doesn't mean anything. You're not going to learn everything about Locke from two games, from five games, even 16 games. He needs probably a season, season and a half to get some sort of accurate representation about what he can do for this team. So he's going to get better. Uh, like you said, Chad, a great point. The, the Chiefs played up for this game. Big divisional game. The Chiefs were kind of at a crossroads. They haven't been as, as good as this year. They wanted to go for the uh, sweep over Denver, and they got it. It's not Houston, and we talked about this. The Texans really played down to the Broncos last week. They took them for granted, and then they just overlooked them, and that's why the Broncos got that uh, big resounding victory. The Chiefs did not. They were better coached, better prepared, and that's what we kind of warned Broncos fans going into this game what it was going to be like. Andy Reid is a really good coach, but everything worked against the Broncos today. It's just it's one of those games, but you're, you are got to take it realistically. They were never going to win every game. He, he was going to throw a pick at some time. He's going to go through adversity, but I am excited. I am encouraged by that. This is a guy who gets better from being uh, written off. We've heard it all the time about how he thinks he should have been a first-round pick. He yep. has the biggest chip on his shoulder already, and I think every loss that piles up, every mistake he makes, is going to make him hungrier and a better quarterback. Let me just put it this way, and then we'll say goodbye today. Nothing I saw from Drew Locke today made me doubt that he should be the guy to build the nest around in 2020, okay? He battled hard in against imperfect conditions and lackluster performance by teammates, and he still hung tough and battled and took some shots. You know, he's beaten up quite a bit today, so uh, nothing I saw makes me dissuades me from saying this should be Denver's guy in 2020. Let's build the nest, see what you can accomplish with an upgrade at different spots through the draft and free agency and all that money. Think about this, you guys. Broncos are going to have north of $70 million to spend in free agency. Plus, what is it right now, Zach? They're con- counting compensatory. I think they're expected to have 12 draft picks. Yeah. I mean, this might be the turning point draft class or offseason for John Elway as a front office czar. So keep that in mind. And if you have a Drew Lock, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to count your, your chickens before they've hatched. But if Drew Lock goes into the offseason four and one as a starter, I mean, you, you're just going to have, you, you're, you're going to be excited about that. I mean, you should be excited to have hope under center finally. You should be excited to have what you think is a competent head coach and a pretty good uh, coaching staff, but you have that young quarterback. You have a guy who I'm with, I'm right there with you. Nothing dissuades me from this game to think that Locke can't be the guy. I'm not any higher or lower on him as I was last week, and we caution Broncos fans. He is gun. He's going to go through these growing pains. You can't have the good without the bad. It's going to make him a better quarterback. Like Christy just says right there, patience, Broncos country, patience is paramount for a young quarterback. Look at Mahomes. They sat him for almost a year in Kansas City behind Alex Smith, an inferior talent. But you know what? That patience served him well, and he's the type of quarterback, just like Drew Locke, where he gets on the field, and I think he does his best by going through the bad and the good. If you just exercise a little patience, you will have a quarterback for the next decade. There's a lot to like about Drew Locke. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this game just simply showed how far behind the Broncos remain talent-wise from the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're going to get a good opportunity to, between getting a bunch of healthy guys back, Bradley Chubb, Derek Wolf, maybe we'll see what happens in free agency, and all of what they can do with free agency and their free agent dollars in the draft, 
they have a chance to bridge that distance, bridge the gap next year with the Chiefs, and and we'll see how that shakes out. But you guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Jordan, he says real quick on the way out. I know Elway will set Lock up for success in twelve. Hopefully. He's- He's going to have the chance to really going to have the tools and resources to do just that. But you guys, thank you for joining us. Keep your chin up. You guys, it's going to be okay. I promise it's going to be fine. Don't, don't draw, don't jump to conclusions on drew lock right now. Just focus on the, on, on what we've talked about today. And also make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. Again, best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. You find your football priests on Twitter. Kelberman here, Zach at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. We love talking to you guys on Twitter. We love talking to you guys here even more so on the podcast. And we will be back in the saddle tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern for the Aftermath podcast. We'll get a chance to, you know, kind of steady out our takes and, and our analysis, hear from Fangio, hear from Locke, hear from Fangio a couple of times. So we'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow night as well. So stay tuned for that, guys. Check out all the content that's going to be coming, post-game coverage and analysis on your team and where this goes and what it all means at milehighhuddle.com. Zach, have a have a great rest of your weekend, brother. You as well. Feel better, Chad. And like uh, he said to Broncos country, Chad just said, keep your chin up. This is not a demoralizing game. This is not a setback for Drew Locke. You still have a young quarterback who shows franchise quarterback glimpses. Just be patient. I promise you a couple years from now, even a year from now, we will not even remember this loss. We will always look back at it like he is the young, he is the young quarterback of the future, and we're going forward with him. Amen. Couldn't have said it better. Nothing more to say. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.